my wife, Veronica Price, who came with me today. Amen. Amen. Give her a round of applause, please. I almost forgot, and that would be tragic. I would be the first responder. <laughs> we're gonna talk today, and, and, and we're gonna we're gonna really just kind of discuss this, and perhaps God is left me to bring out some things about Psalm 90. So if you have a Bible, or you're near a Bible, or you have one on your phone, or you know it by heart, <laughs> which, yeah, a lot of folks were a little perked up for that one. If you know it by heart, Psalm 90. The Psalm 90 is really cool because, I'm thinking of this, Donald, what's your name? Okay, my name is Donald, that's a cool name. <laughs> one of the things about Psalm 90 that's wonderful is that Psalm 90 is a song of Moses. It's a prayer from Moses. We're quite used to the songs of David and the songs, but this is a prayer. And because it's a prayer to Moses, his own list, it is perhaps one of the oldest of the songs. Psalm 90 is a prayer from Moses. And if we're, if we're familiar with Moses, then we know that Moses went on a little road trip with the Israelites, so to speak. And, and that road trip lasted for quite some time. As a matter of fact, it lasted for so long that almost everybody who originally began that trip, Moses' sister, Miriam, and his brother, Aaron, did not make it. They died during the course of that. But the fact of the matter is, one person made it all the way through that trip. All those days and nights and all those years in the desert, there was one who made it all the way, and that was God. And if we look at our lives, as, as we get ready to read together Psalm 90, if we look at our lives, then we realize that if we look through the years, and we look through the problems, and we look through the days, and the hours, and the tears, and even the laughter, there is was one person who was there all the time. Yes. And, and the funny part of that is, is the fact that we can go up to anybody, we can go up to our oldest friend, our, our mother, our father, our grandmother, or that old person, that teacher from down school, whatever that person we know is, and they will have the same story. Because no matter how long we are near as humans, which is one of the things that so mainly even talks about when Moses prays, God is here. God is going to be here. We pass on, we pass through. One of the things that I've learned doing what I do from day to day is the fact that one minute, you're enjoying the moment or somebody you know, and unfortunately, the next minute they could be gone. Last night, I was actually uh, outside of uh, two young men, 17 and 19, I would say. The 17-year-old brother ran up to the scene, and what he said was, and he kept screaming, he was just at my house. He just downloaded something new to his PlayStation 2 because apparently that brother's internet service was a little stronger than his. And the next minute, 
God. Is everybody who say what God? What God? And what not Is everybody who say what God? What God? And see, that's the difference is that no matter what we've gone through, no matter what, if we go down to what we call history, then you find out that there is always a for God. And so let us take a look at Moses' prayer. Psalm 90, we can read that together. You know, it's so funny when you get to a certain age, you take the glasses off to read. They put them on to see the people. <laughs> take them off. Psalm 90, together, because a prayer of Moses the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or after you formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are our God. You would turn the man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight. I would have accepted today when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as for the flood, they are light for dream. Like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and it is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by a nature. By the grass we are decayed. We have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under wrath. We bring our years to an end like a side. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength age. Yet their span is but soil of color. They are too young and far away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So be just to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on this servant. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad of all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to our servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to go into your word, to walk into your word, to step into your throne room. Heavenly Father, we know that you can do all things, and that down through history, you have been our dwelling place. Heavenly Father, the times when we thought we couldn't ask the program sin, when our backs were against the wall, you made me. We love you. Glorify you. We ask that as we hear your word, as we worship today, as we pray today, we can walk out into the sick and dying world equipped to let somebody know about that somebody who can save anybody. 
violence and Chicago just broke its October record for rainfall. It was bloody even here. Earthquakes. But despite all of that, God is still God. And I didn't tease over the story of the world, but I do know from this book that I read that we win in the end. Because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Yes, indeed. Amen. That he is Lord. You are our God. You have been God from eternity to eternity. Oh my God. Eternity to eternity. From the beginning of the beginning to the end of the end. God is still God. Imagine And He is with us. He is a God that stands with us. Oh, God. So even when you're in your wilderness experience, don't just think of the Israelites as these people in the book who Moses led for a long time in the wilderness. We all Whether it's five minutes, five years, or fifty years, we all have our wilderness experience. And it is in that experience that we have to realize, that we start to realize, that we can't help but realize and understand that the only way we are ever to get out of our wilderness experience, the only way we are to ever make it in our wilderness experience to be able to breathe to be able to laugh through it, to be able to go to sleep and wake up again, go to sleep and wake up again in that wilderness experience is because from eternity, from everlasting, from everlasting, from eternity to eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, you before the mountains were brought forth, for ever had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, Moses prayed. You would turn man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, God, are but yesterday. When it is past, or as a wrath in the night. What we think of, even time-wise, is not God's time. In this passage, he alludes to, remember, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And even through that, as we see that with so, so many other people, when they leave us, and we love being around them, and we enjoy their presence. But the fact of the matter is, God has already told us, "Dust you are, and to dust you will return." But see, it's not a downer, or it's not that type of situation, because it's okay when God says, "From dust you are, to dust you shall return," because He made dust. 
and if we live in the dust, then no matter what we in this animated dust state, we in this glorified dust state, this dust that we like to dress up in our money and Gucci and even Levi and for me, Walmart special, whatever, in this glorified dust state, we love dressing up our dust, don't we? Amen. We love dressing We put a lot of money on dust. Dust for rehabilitation. Dust destruction. Well, the fact of the matter is, we feel safe. You can't take it with you. But we try to get a whole lot of stuff not to take with us. We try to dress up our stuff not to take it with us. How many of you all would get ready to go on vacation and, and pack up your finest things? and put the suitcase in the kitchen and walk out the front door. But the fact of the matter is, our God is in control of a situation that we spend all our entire lives attempting to control. But we need to realize, and surely we will come to realize, even if after today, that God has the final say so. Even this long thing that we call life is so short. A kingdom in God's eyes. And so Moses prayed. You sweep them away as a flood, they are like a dream, like breath that is renewed in the morning, it burns and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers. How many of you all have been so excited to receive or to give flowers to someone? Sometimes for men, husbands, that's the way you get out of the doghouse. Amen. Amen. I'm always embarrassed when I buy flowers because when you get to the cashier, the cashier is always on the road. And you just bring stuff up but you love the flowers and you give the flowers, but then you almost wait. Every day you look at the flowers and starting, starting to bend over a little bit, and not as red or as yellow as it was in the beginning, and eventually they die. Hopefully before the flower dies, the memory of what you did in order to have to get the flowers in the first place will die. But in any case, the flowers, no matter how much you spent on them, no matter how much you went through trouble to fix the flowers from this giant bucket of roses, you knew the ones that would last, kind of like bananas. You knew the ones that would last so long. You tried to fix the best ones, like watermelons. You knew we had a summit this summer. We had a scientific exposition on how to pick a watermelon. And everybody had a different opinion. Some said, look at the little patch on the bottom, and then if the little patch on the bottom is yellow, then you got to look at the top, and then you got to hold it and kind of shake it, and then you look at all the other watermelons and compare them. So you're there picking up watermelons. This little patch becomes like a three-hour process just to pick a watermelon, and when you get home, it's still sweet. <laughs> and that's what we do. But God 
إلى أين ذهب؟ إلى أين ذهب؟ Because if it was about you, then we would leave it up to you and let's see you get out of your will. It ain't about you, Moses prayed. When we are brought to an end by your anger, by the wrath we are, it's made you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sin in the light of your presence. What are we trying to hide? What are we trying to hide? We know that God has seen everything. We know that eventually we will have to answer for each and every sin. I heard a preacher one time say something that I always say was so deep he could have tattooed it on. He said, people in hell which they had sinned one last time. Because you have to answer for every single thing you've done, but somehow we have come to the conclusion, somehow we think we can hide our sins. We hide from each other, of course, we hide them, if some of our classes were open. If some of our closets were open, the fact of the matter is, we have sins that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, God has all that. This particular passage of Scripture even separates it into two distinct things. He says, You have set our iniquities, our sins before you. So he's got our sins, we, he's got our sins right there on, on his sin list. He's got our sins right there, but then it says, our secret sins in the light of your presence. In other words, our sins he has right there before us. He knows what we have done. He knows all of those things that we try to shove into this closet, but our secret sins are illuminated by the simple fact that he is God. Our secret sins are illuminated by the fact that he is just there in the light of his presence. And you know what's kind of a funny kind of catch between two types of situations? Our sins are illuminated by the light of his presence, and we want to hide those things. Yet we know and surely we shouldn't even try to think of our lives to be in the light of his presence. So why even try to hide it? And doesn't it feel so much better when you know that God has forgiven you? Doesn't it feel so much better when you realize that in the light of his presence, you that weight is taken off of you now? That trouble, that stress, those lies, and it's way too hard to remember a lie. Because that builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up into another lie, and another lie, and another lie. We're not always talking about lies that you have told, we're talking about lies that you live, lies that you portray. We can walk 
down the street, not say a word to anybody, just blind. Mm. Wake up in the morning, say hello, say, how are you doing? Good, have a good day, God bless you. And be blind. Because in our hearts, in our dwelling place, there's something different. Thank God that we have a God that even though he is the creator, creator of the universe, even though he is from everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, even though we can still go to him talk to him and commune with him. Let us be held by God. As the song that says, God holding on and just be held. Stop holding on. It's so hard to stop holding on to whatever it is holding on to, whatever dwelling place we're holding on to. It's so hard sometimes, but sometimes we just need to be held. As tough as we are as men, guys, <laughs> we still need to just be held. Our spirit needs to be held. Women, Sometimes you have so much stuff you're juggling and you're trying to hold and keep together and, and then keep that, that, that other child that you have, I'm sorry, your husband, <laughs> trying to keep him in control and trying to keep him thinking that he's running things or whatever the case may be. But the fact of the matter is you just need to get away and be too much time holding it together. Everybody, just come on. 
Your whole life been with. We really think we're doing something. We really think we got it together. But the fact that when the fact is, I remember just today my wife said, Have you ever heard that term a small fish in a big pond or a big fish in a small pond? Which would you rather be? I answered her, I said, Well, once you realize that the absolute most you can be is a small fish in a big pond, then it's hard to think any other way. But I myself Consider myself to be an amoeba. A little itty bitty organism smaller than a fish, smaller than an everything. And that's what I am in a big pond. And when you think about the big pond that you exist in, even if you're a large fish, you're a large fish in a big pond. But that pond is just in the corner in the back of God's backyard. So comparatively, all that stuff that you thought, this whole world and all the things we get into, one of the things I always tell the press when I interview and they say, so what are you, God the press? And I say, well, I can be a crisis intervention specialist or a victim advocate. Whatever you do, don't call me an activist. Because I'm not an activist. Bottom line, because I'm just a Christian guy. And when I think about that sometimes, I even have to check myself with that because don't they just the Christian? That's huge! This Prince Harry, that was funny here, it looks like he was in a boy band. Does Prince Harry look like he's worried about anything? Does it look like he even has to pull out his wallet to pay for stuff? He doesn't because everybody knows he's worried. He's a king, kid. Everybody knows he's kid, but still. Everybody knows everywhere he goes, he's prepared. Everybody he talks to, everything he touches, is touched by Prince Harry. There's somebody that's going to say Prince Harry is blessed. We get that same point or even big. Because the creator of the universe, the one to whom Moses prayed in the wilderness, the one who sings from everlasting to everlasting with time in his hands, the one who threw the stars into their fire and socket, God is our Father. Amen. And we are his children. And so Moses closes his prayer. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to utilize our days. Teach us to make the most of our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants? Have mercy on us, God. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may enjoy us and be glad of all our things. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen evil, let your work be shown to your servants. And your glorious power to their children. Let the 
house or to a sidewalk or an L train or whatever the case may be. God is with you. God is for you. And I pray with you today that no matter where you might go, just like Moses in Psalm 90, even in the wilderness, say a prayer. Even when it's sunny outside and things are well and you think you're in your promised land, say a prayer. When you don't think you can and you don't think you can go on and you don't think you're good enough, say a prayer. When everybody around you seems to think that you are nothing and they can step on you and you can, they can just put you aside, you say a prayer. You can still 